Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. I've really noticed that when I give myself space and time, I am so much more creative and bring Mm. more ideas to the table that actually my momentum doesn't slow down and the growth of my company actually only gets bigger and faster. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you tune in for another episode. And if you are attending the Bliss Project in March, it is the first weekend in March 2019. You absolutely want to go and grab your tickets now because they are getting really close to selling out. And I want you to be able to be there if you know that you are meant to be in that room. And I always tell people, if you are curious, if it seems interesting to you, if it's something that you're like, oh, I feel like I should be there, follow that. Every time I've followed those nudges, there's always been something so massive for me that have really changed the trajectory of my life. Those are called soul hits, you guys. I talk about them all the time. Those little nudges. So this event is filled with meditation. We have yoga in the mornings. We have performers. We have artists. We have incredible speakers. We have breakouts. I'm going to be taking you through a lot of different things that are going to give you a reference point for the rest of your life to really give you the opportunity to try on the bigger version of yourself. So Join me at theblissproject.info to grab your ticket now. And on today's episode, you guys, I'm so excited because I have the original boss babe on. So if you have been one of the almost 1 million people who are following the boss babe Instagram account, or whether you've been following along at her boss babe blog or site, Natalie Ellis is truly a powerhouse in creating connection and really helping women move forward in their businesses. So Natalie's passion truly lies in helping other women get out of the places where they feel stuck and showing them how to empower themselves to build freedom through entrepreneurship. She's a strategic serial entrepreneur who not only knows what she wants, but she's tenacious in making it a reality. And I'll tell you every single time that this woman speaks, I write it down. I write something down. I learn something. So I took feverish notes on this podcast. And in this podcast, we talked so much about overcoming the fears around success, the fears around starting a business, and just fear in general. We also talk about how our craving for connection as women is truly so important to really follow that because it helps us not only in life, but in business. We also talk so much about boundaries and clear communication what it looks like to set a boundary, why we're avoiding boundaries, what the actual conversation around the boundary looks like, and how boundaries are so much freedom. Now, Natalie is such a massive business guru, but we also talked about how this year she's really craving space and more play and more connection and how that's going to be implemented into her life. So you guys, I cannot wait for you to listen to this podcast. And here's the deal. Even if you do not have a business or you're not starting a business, you're definitely going to want to listen into this because these are just life principles. It's so funny how whether it's business or fitness or relationships, they all cross over and there's something to learn. So definitely tune in and I cannot wait for you to hear this. So let's get started. Natalie, I'm so excited for you to be on my show. Finally, I feel like I've this has kind of like been like a year in the making for me. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited to finally be here and chatting with you on the podcast. You know, it's so crazy because I'm, I know that my story is so much like other people's story of finding you. Um, without even knowing, we kind of found who you are <laughs> because I had followed uh, the Boss Babe page 
for I don't even know how long. Like literally, I was just actually scrolling through my phone the other day. You know, when you go back in picture land from like so many years ago and I found like some old boss babe quotes that I had screenshotted and I thought, oh my God, that's so crazy. Like I had been following (laughs) along for way before I even got to meet you. So for people who are not familiar with kind of your background, let's go there first. And then later on, we're going to dig more into personally you. So tell us a bit about, you know, how everything that you're doing now got started and what exactly that is. Yeah. So what I do now is I own a company called Boss Babe and Boss Babe is one of the largest and fastest growing online communities of female entrepreneurs and ambitious women. And it's so funny, we're just talking about having that screenshot because there are very few women I meet that don't have some kind of old screenshot of a boss babe quote on their phone, which is, it just lights me up so much. But my story is so cliche. I've, I'm one of those people that's always been entrepreneurial. I think it was just in my blood when I was born. You know, one of those people that had those candy floss stands and things when I was younger and always looking to create and um, I just loved it. And I kind of started to really hone those skills in when I was about 13 and I got my first computer and I got super interested in websites. Um, and I learned how to build websites and I learned how to design online. So logos, branding, that kind of thing, which at the time was a really cool skill because lots of businesses wanted to have websites, but they had no idea where to start. It wasn't as easy as it is today. So I would like hit up eBay shops and pitch them this idea of having their own website and all that kind of thing. How old were you? I was 13. Oh my God. That's amazing. (laughs) And what, what, where did that even come from? How did, how did you even know that was a thing for you? I didn't. I just, I, I really, I I was really good at designing websites and Mm. branding stuff. And I just thought, okay, I see all of these eBay stores and it's interesting, but it doesn't look very nice. How could, like, what if I just did this for (laughs) them? And it just came super naturally. And I didn't, I didn't really know what an entrepreneur was or what that word meant, but I I just kind of went like that. And then I started to import things in bulk and sell them to eBay stores, like through their DMs, which I'm sure was illegal. And I didn't even have a PayPal account. So I was so young (laughs) for any of that, but it was just so much fun to me. And I loved that hustle and that, um, idea of um, like having creative ideas and then going out and finding them and bring them to life. I just loved it. Um, and then when I was about 16, I petitioned my school to start an entrepreneurship class because I started to realize what it was that I was interested in. And I wanted to find out more and learn everything I could all about it. And it's funny because we didn't really have Amazon or anything like that. And I, and I wasn't being recommended all of these interesting books. I was at a loss to her, like how I can find out more about it. So school was the first place for me. It's funny because I actually have a letter in my in my kitchen drawer from when I was 16, getting a letter uh, from my headmaster to my parents saying how they were so excited uh, uh, that I was pitching them entrepreneurship classes or something like that. It's funny. <laughs> But yeah, I started like that. And this kind of continued when I was at university. I studied business and I started an entrepreneurship society, which became one of the best in the country. Um, Because of that, I was invited to um, Downing Street, which is kind of like the White House, but in the UK. And I was helping to work and and create entrepreneurship policy to help more young entrepreneurs get into this. Because again, people didn't know what it was, um, which then led me to be uh, one of the first ambassadors for a £112 million scheme to help female uh, young entrepreneurs get funded. Um, Mm. And I ended up going to Buckingham Palace for that. And it just 
all of these amazing experiences when I was so young gave me a taste of what it could be like if I just went out there and created my own business. Mm. So it all started there and obviously long journey and I'll fast forward a lot of it because it's not super relevant. But what got me to where I am now with Boss Babe is I started a company seriously out of uni and it was going really well. And from the outside, I should have been loving it and I should have been so happy. But inside, I just felt empty and lonely and stressed. And I didn't have a lot of friends at the time. I was traveling. I didn't really know anyone that understood what I was trying to do. And I just thought there has to be some other girls out there like me. Mm. And that's where it all began and has brought me to where I am now. Mm. So how did you acquire, I know I was reading some articles on you. So how did you acquire even Boss Babe and figuring out what that was going to look like? Yeah. So um, I started on Instagram with my first company, Oh My Glow, which was a nutritional supplement. And I started on Instagram and got a lot of traction from there mm. to a point that when we launched, we were shipping to over 60 countries in just a few weeks. Wow. And it was purely Instagram. Then we got into over 200 stores in the UK, again, just from Instagram. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. So I started um, a female entrepreneurship account where I was sharing quotes and things. And at the time there was already a Boss Babe Instagram account. And the girl that was running it messaged me. She was like, I love what you're doing. I'm not super passionate about this. And I want to step back. What would it look like if you came in to do what you were doing on yours? within mine. Um, and I was like, this is perfect. So I stepped into that. I started growing the Instagram account. Um, there was a membership site and I started growing that and an and advertising network and really started turning it into the company we know it is today. And as that journey was going on, the girl who was part of that, she was really passionate about something completely different. Mm. And it was amazing because I was so passionate about this. And so I decided just to go fully uh, there on my own. Um, and she went and did her own thing. And then in the end, I ended up bringing on another business partner who is Danielle, who I have now, who is so passionate about the Boston movement. So that's how it all came around. And this was years ago. And it's just been the most fun journey of being able to grow this community into what it is today. Mm, so I I love that story. And I know that you are, you've experienced just like massive explosive growth, but I also know what is going on behind the scenes as far as being able to get it there. And that's yeah. one, of, one of the favorite things for me to talk to you about and to talk to, you know, because we kind of share this circle of mutual friends who it's so much fun, like just meeting all of these incredible women, especially in the LA area and really getting to sit and talk about what it took to make these businesses what they are and the journey behind it. And I love hearing we're so, we're all so similar. Like we all have these these huge dreams and these wants and these desires. But at the same time, when we're in, you know, massive momentum, sometimes we can burn out and sometimes we're not getting the connection that we want and we're not actually taking care of ourselves in the way that we want. And I know that that's something that you have been passionate about talking about for yourself this next year. So tell me a little bit about what the prior years have looked like for you as far as what it's taken for you to get to where you are growth-wise. Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, so I think over the over the past few years, or ever since I kind of started my career, I have felt like I have had no choice mm. but to succeed. There's there's never been 
any other option. I came from, you know, very, very little. We lived in the projects and I was on free school meals and um, my family didn't have the finances to be able to support me if I failed. Mm. Like it was all on me. And I think from a very young age, I have really felt the need to succeed and to be able to go out there and forge my own path. And it put a lot of pressure on me. So when I launched, and I think I want people to to have in their mind, me coming at it from this perspective is coming at it from a, a place of privilege. Now I have the space in my company to be able to step back and look at what it's looked like over the past few years. But I don't know if I would have got here without working as hard mm-hmm. as I did. But as I was saying, I just didn't see any other option. And I would work around the clock. I would take every single opportunity. I would say yes to everything. And it was great for a while, but then I just started to feel so disconnected from my body and from my mind and from source. I just felt disconnected generally. And I went through about two periods of really significant burnout. I had lots of kind of ups and downs. And, you know, we all as entrepreneurs have those days where we just sit and cry because we feel like everything's kind of falling apart. But Mm -hmm. um, I went through two periods of quite deep burnout. And from there, I've really been able to kind of dive into what I think caused that for me um, and think about what I can do differently. And I think what it was for me was... Actually, I can describe this in terms of boss babe. So I think of, you know, the masculine they like to do, that's the yang and that's the boss side of boss babe. Mm -hmm. And the feminine likes to just be, that's the yin and the babe side of boss babe. Mm -hmm. And I think I was so far in my masculine that I was just doing, doing, doing. I didn't even know what it looked like or meant to just be. And I was like one of those person, and and it sounds crazy, but I was one of those people that was kind of just scared to sit and be with my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like I was... I was scared to not be constantly doing something, whether that was out with friends or watching a movie or working, whatever it was, I would never just be sitting there doing nothing. It terrified me. And, you know, I think I had a lot of stuff to work through. I had a quite a turbulent childhood and stored a lot of that within me. And I think my coping mechanism has always been to ignore and to keep busy. Mm-hmm. And you get to a certain point where that doesn't serve you anymore. And you have to learn what it is like to sit with yourself mm-hmm. and dive into those scary parts of yourself. And for me, that came, that space came from when I had a very successful company. I was making enough money to be able to step back. I was you know, you know, when you reach that kind of part, mm-hmm. the self-actualization part, the Maslow's hierarchy, where you're not worried about all of the other things that you were worried about. And you're actually in a, in a really good place where you're like, huh, okay, it's time to turn within because there's a lot of shit going on that I didn't realize was going on. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I turned in and I just, I realized I was so in my masculine and I've really been on the journey to pull myself more into my feminine. And it's been the best thing that I've done for myself. And it's, it just, it's made me feel so imbalanced and so aligned with what I'm doing in a way that's sustainable. Mm. Oh my, I so relate to so much of that, especially just, I think that sometimes what can happen is when you come from a childhood that's like that, that maybe you don't feel safe or you don't feel 
um, like you'll be taken care of if you don't take care of yourself constantly, that it's almost like this, if you're not, you know, providing and working, that things are going to fall apart because that's just the only other thing that you knew. It was either full on or like things are falling apart. So I, I so understand that. And the being part is so incredibly important because there comes to that point where you've worked so hard so that you can be. And I hear so many themes and messages though, that you're saying that you just kind of knew when it was time, like you reached this point of like what was serving you is no longer serving you. So how does that come up for you? Like what, in what ways has it, you know, first manifested into your life that you were like, whoa, wait a minute, I need to, I need to do something different. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things. I was feeling very disconnected from source. Like I'm a really spiritual person and I always find it super easy to tap into my gut instinct, to myself. And I was really not getting that. I was feeling this, this massive block mm-hmm. and that in itself was a big alarm for me. But the second thing was my health. Over the over a couple of year period, my health was just not great at all. I was constantly having a bad stomach tons of hormonal issues and I was not really getting anywhere. Whenever I go to the doctor, I was not getting anywhere. Mm. And then I started to look into it further and go to specialists and functional medicine doctors. And what it came up as was, you know, it within your stomach, you have so many nerve endings and you mm. feel a lot of stress there. And I was just holding so much stress in my body. And as I started working through that, I decided to completely just revamp my lifestyle uh, from my eating habits to everything. And I wanted to, I was on birth control. I wanted to come off that. I didn't want to be on any kind of synthetic hormones. I wanted my body to have a chance to, to be in its natural state. Um, and coming off birth control, I'd been on it for 10 years. And when I first went on it, when I was younger, I was prescribed it because I wasn't having periods properly, which back in the day, that's, I guess that's just what they did. There wasn't as much knowledge where I could just go on Google and find out what was going on. Like people Mm. weren't talking about this. Women in my life weren't talking about this. So I went on the pill and I kind of just left that bandaid where it was and I came off of it and I didn't get my period. And I just went through this, this time of feeling dreadful. Every Mm. single day I'd wake up feeling tired. I was getting really stressed and emotional over things that I just never would have gotten stressed or emotional over in the past. And I started to look into it. I got my hormone levels tested and it turned out I had polycystic ovaries. Both my ovaries were covered in cysts so much that I could barely get out of bed some days because it was so painful. My testosterone was really, really high. That alone for me was the biggest wake up call because Mm. it's just not our natural state. We can be told you've got these syndromes, you've got this, this, and this, but that's not a natural state for, for us as powerful women. We should be able to bring that back to be in our power, to be feeling good. And, and that was big wake up call. And I just wasn't prepared to sit back and let that happen. Mm, wow. I know so many people can uh, relate to that. And I think there it's so good to hear that this is happening. I mean, that this conversation is becoming so much more normalized now because I remember just different struggles like that in my life as well. And it was just like, oh, go on this, go on that. And now we have so, we have so many amazing options that it's like, especially living in LA, I can imagine that you just have so many options at this point that it makes you feel like you can get your power back in a natural way. So true. We are so lucky here. There's, there is a person for everything. 
Oh my gosh. I know whenever someone's struggling with something and they're not here, I'm like, okay, let me see what I can do. Let me see if there's this type. Have you ever heard of this type of person? Check if they're in your area. <laughs> like I'm so still true. learning about all of these new specialized type of doctors and treatments. And I'm always just completely astounded by what comes up when you really take on um, becoming an advocate for your own health. Like that's the number one thing that we can do is just, oh my gosh, be fierce about your own health. So... Oh my goodness. Okay. So I want to know about, um, we were talking earlier right before this with the new year coming. And I know that you also have some feelings of wanting to implement more self-care and more just kind of nurturing yourself and slowing down a bit perhaps with the new year coming. How do you, this is a question I get all the time from women. How do you maintain high achievement and high standards while still um, trying to somewhat balance this new version of slowness that we're all starting to talk about, or not even slowness, just more self-care? Mm, I think this is probably my favorite question ever. It's so, so important. I can definitely give my opinion. I'm so still on this journey and learning it, but I, I think I'm getting some things that really work for me and have worked over the past year. But I think sometimes we have this idea of being in our feminine, meaning that we're more passive and less ambitious. And whilst it means you might be, you know, spending like slow, slowing down and spending more time on self-care, I've really noticed that when I give myself space and time, I am so much more creative and bring mm. more ideas to the table that actually my momentum doesn't slow down and the growth of my company actually only gets bigger and faster. But what's been really important for me within business is to have someone on the team who is an implementer so that I'm not having to do everything from start to finish. Because when I'm in my feminine creativity flow mode, I'm very good at having ideas and designing and writing and getting things started. But it's then when I am constantly having to push projects through and chase people up and stand in my masculine if you do that for too long, you can kind of, you start to feel like it's just a bit much. Whereas I think, you know, a certain level of that is absolutely fine, but it can sometimes feel a bit much. So a big thing that I did was bringing someone onto the team who can be a full integrator and can push things through for you so that you, you know, momentum isn't being lost. And if you slow down, the entire company doesn't slow down because you don't want that to happen. And then I've just been trying to spend time doing things that really nourish my soul, but at the same time, really help push me forward. Mm. So, um, and your book speaks so much to this, but you know, as women, we crave connection and community. And, you know, I think in society today, we're so fixed to our phones and our laptops and not seeing people in person that we can feel so disconnected. And we tell ourselves these stories that we're so introverted, need all of this alone time. Mm. Whereas you know, I argue, yes, we definitely can be introverted and need alone time and be charged by that. But if you're spending time with the right people and the right women, you can just be so fired up and feel so nourished on the inside that you you go into your day just feeling great. So my day, I just kind of try and schedule in lots of different things that really help balance me out. So in the morning, I read, I highlight lots of different things in my book. I journal so that I'm, my brain's already switched on by the time I get to work. So when I am in the office and I'm working, I'm really productive, but then I schedule in time to do things that make me feel super creative, whether it's writing or designing, you know, whether you can... Uh, uh, 
outsource a copywriter and designer. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe that's your zone of genius. And we all have different zones of genius. But then, so tonight, for example, I'm then going to go out and have um, an amazing dinner with a good girlfriend of mine. Or I'll schedule in a dance class. Or maybe it's yoga. Or maybe it's just going home, cooking an amazing dinner with my husband and just chilling and talking about our day. Whatever it is, I try and fit that balance in. Because I've been on both ends of the spectrum where I'm pushing so hard and telling myself I have absolutely no time to do anything but work. And so I outsource everything, you know, the chef, the cleaner, the housekeeper, housekeeper, the cook, concierge, all the things. But then I feel so disconnected from the things that light me up. (laughs) And then I've been on the Mm -hmm. other side where I don't work enough and I'm too in that kind of, oh, just let it come stage that I'm not getting the momentum. And I think we're all different and we're all made up of different balances, but it's looking within to find out how much of each thing you need to be able to sustain your performance. Oh my God. Okay. I'm just like so feeling you right now because I've done all of those things (laughs) and then repeated them again and again. And I think that part of that is like that trial... It's just this constant trial and error because what even looks like balance for us this year will look totally different next year. So I love this conversation because it's like continually changing and evolving along with the times as well, like whatever's coming up for the world and our communities for that year. So it's it's like this continued cycle, which is actually the fun cycle to try to figure out once you understand how it works. So mm-hmm. I love that so much. So as far as you talked a lot about um, you know, having an integrator and implementer. And for me as a creative, that is like, oh my God, it's so incredibly key. But for people who are maybe just starting out on their business, and I, I think it's like so important to try to get somebody maybe before they feel ready, especially if they're noticing as a creator that they're getting exhausted or not pushing things through. I think it's like you said, when things are not getting completed, it's time to really get somebody to help you with that. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you look for somebody and how do you hire someone who's an implementer integrator? That's a really good question. And and to dive into the people that maybe they aren't ready yet, I say you should have left brain days and right brain days. So whether you have like fully like logic days where you're diving into your finance and spreadsheets and maybe you have right brain days where you're doing podcasts or creating whatever that looks like for you, that worked that really works for me. But for us looking for an integrator, we got really, really clear on the things we want them to do as opposed to who we want them to be. Mm. So, okay, we know we want them to be organized. We know we want them to have good people skills. Great. But what do we really want them to do? And so I would think about in terms of processes, everything, every process that goes through our business and everything that I've been doing that I don't want to do, I map it all out and I'm I'm like, okay, this is a doing list. These are all the things. So anyone that comes on board, I want them to be comfortable doing these things. Um, And then anyone within your team, I always recommend that you all do personality testing to understand exactly who you are, what kind of what seat you should be in, where you're best in flow. We do the wealth dynamics test, which is so good. And then whenever we're interviewing anyone or bringing them onto the team, we ask them to do the test too, because you can always do an interview with someone and think you know what they're like. But then when they come into the team, they kind of, they do their work differently to what you expected. So mm-hmm. definitely that personality testing is great. And Where I is think that just, is that just wealthdynamics.com? I think or? just, yeah, I think if you just Google wealth okay. dynamics, I, I think that's what it is, but it's been great for us and me and, um, my business partner, Danielle, we both did it and found out that we are 
quite quite different. I'm really creative. I'm called like a star and she's she's creative but more of a mechanic. So mm. more of the processes and stuff. And so, so we <laughs> Yeah. And it gave us a map of like, okay, these are the people we have on our team right now and here's where, what we're missing and here's who we need. So that was really good. And there's also another book called Traction, um, which has been one of the best business books I have read. Um, and it really helps you map out your company in the most simplistic but effective way. Mm. And within that, it gives you um, a really, really good overview of what you should be looking for in an integrator and what kind of person they are. Um, It's been really good. And there's another book called High Growth Handbook, which um, my husband surprised me with. It's like the typical relationship present, Um, but it's a really (laughs) good book. Um, And within it, there's um, a great chapter on how to hire a really good COO. So even if you're not at the stage where you need a COO and maybe you just need some support on the operations side or um, something like that, that chapter is really powerful um, in helping you understand what kind of people they are and where you'll find them. Mm. That's where we started. Oh, so good. So for your business right now, what do you need the most in order to give yourself what you want this next year and achieve what you want? More space at every corner. (laughs) Yeah. At every corner, I'm just like, where can I create more space? How do I create more space? What's coming Um, up for you around that? Like, what are you, what are the answers you're getting? Boundaries, just Mm. set more strict boundaries and, um, you know, not being so afraid to delegate. I can be a bit of a control freak at times. So, you know, even having so much support, I can be afraid to delegate certain things. So I'm really trying to delegate more, set more boundaries and then schedule time into my calendar every single day to write. I've absolutely loved writing and really um, felt back into that within the next year. And Mm. I just want to keep that going even more. But yeah, I need to let go of control. That is a big thing for me. Mm. What are um, some of the things that you love to write about? I love to write about personal development and high performance. In That's just my absolute favorite. I Some days I'm having kind of days where I love to dive in deep on business and think through the financials or social media or community building. But what truly lights me up inside is how to be your absolute best self and what that looks like from all aspects. Mm. So are there some things right now that are really coming up for you around what that looks like to reach your highest potential, like how to really tune in, which I'm sure your life, I already know this, your life is the actual project (laughs) in which I'm sure you write about. So for you, for this next year, I know you're craving so much space and I want to talk about boundaries in, in a minute, but within that space, like what is coming up for you that's being called to reach your highest potential this year that you can start seeing that's maybe a surprise for you? Mm, That's a really good one. I really think for me, it's spending more time with my friends and investing Mm. more time into my relationships, Mm. like completely separate to work. Mm. Mm. That's what I need to be the best expression of myself. I need my girls around me. Mm. That's exact. That's so me this year. We'll just have to hang out. Um, (laughs) It literally is. I said to my, I said to my husband, I'm like, I think this year, instead of me always joining masterminds, like I always do every single year, I was like, I think I want to commit to just creating really magical spaces with friends and like having that be like the, the version of the mastermind that I need. And I really think that that's where the creativity will 
like be so nurtured, you know, because I've done so much of, we've, we've done so much of the work that now I think it's time to just like, let that work go even deeper, but like create with it. So yeah, it just sounds so good to me right now. Like, oh my God, doesn't that sound amazing to just look at your year and know that you have like spots for just connection time? That sounds like absolute perfection to me. And I am so in agreement with every single thing you said. Mm. Yes. Well, that's going to require boundaries. So let's go back to that. <laughs> let's, go, <laughs> let's go back to that topic because, you know, it's it's the last thing that people want to do is set boundaries because people don't, pe- the people in their life don't like the boundaries. And also when we set a boundary on the other side of it, we have to deal with letting people down and letting it be okay that we disappoint people and letting it be okay if people think that you're a bitch because you keep saying no to something over and over and over, except people don't actually understand. They just, they'll never understand why you're saying no. So I want to know, first of all, how do you deal with the constant, like having to say no, even to the good things in order to make space for the great things? Oh, this is a really good question. I try and go into it with as much love as I can Mm. and let go of the need to fully explain myself. Mm. I think in the past, I've felt a need to like overcompensate with explanations. I'm so sorry, I can't do this because this is coming up and I'm feeling like this and I'm just working myself up even more as I explain it to them, as opposed to just saying, right now, I just can't commit to this. Is that okay? Can we reschedule? Something like that. Mm. Or this, these are the times when I can be contacted for this please don't like contact me outside of those times unless it's um, completely essential and just being very forthcoming with how I'm feeling. And I think I've, I've been allowed to have those boundaries um, and have it so easy because the community I've created around me right now just get it and they feel exactly the same way. Mm. And often, and I know this is in your book too, it's about communicating those boundaries with people and saying, you know, if I do cancel something, please don't make me feel guilty about it because I would never do that unless it was purely essential. Mm-hmm. I just want you to understand and send your love and um, I will hold the exact same space for you and let me know if you need something different. So that's one, like in terms of time, that's a big, been a big, big thing for me and just being so honest about it. Another thing, honestly, that's come through in terms of boundaries is like it's been ingrained in me since I was very young. I am a very honest to the point, blunt person. Like I don't spend a lot of time fluffing up or flowering around a subject. I'll kind of just say what I think, what I mean. Um, and would always hope that it would be received in the way I gave it, which was with love. I would never intend to go and say something that would ever upset anyone or make anyone feel bad. But some people will take things very personally. If you say, I actually didn't really like that and I would prefer not to do that next time, they'll take it so personally. And I think over the years, it's kind of made me feel like I can't be honest and and forthcoming because it might offend someone or it might upset someone. And I've just, in the past year, let that go. Mm. Because like, I just think that level of judgment on yourself and worrying about being judged is just a waste of time. If you truly know you're a good person and you mean well, then you should be able to express yourself in whatever way that comes out. Mm. Um, And for me, it's been owning that and telling people in my life, look, if things aren't working for me, I'm just going to be honest and tell you, but just hear me when I'm saying it with love. And you know, you're always so welcome to come and give me the feedback too, because I want to know what I can do to be my best self. Mm. Um, And that's been a massive thing for me. Mm. Oh my God. I Okay. So... I think this is also the the fact that you can clearly communicate how you're feeling is 
why you've been able to move forward in the way that you have. And I always am trying to, number one, get better with this myself. And number two, share how to do this with women. Because I feel like so many women are so afraid to say what they need and and to also say how they feel and to put those boundaries in because they are so afraid of other people's opinions or hurting someone or saying the wrong thing. And I've just, this is my work this whole, this whole next year is to not take anything personal and just to keep showing up authentic because I'm going to offend people and that's got to be okay. Like I have to know that I have it within me to figure it out and get through whatever sort of feedback or criticism or anything that I do out of being me happens. And at the end of the day, that it's always going to be better that I chose to live on my terms. And that's so hard. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I love that that's something you want to master over the next year. That's an amazing goal. So where did that come from for you that you feel like it was always something that was a part of you? Was that like how your family would speak? Or is that something that you just could immediately see like, wow, this is really painful to hide how I actually feel? Yeah, I think as a family, we've always been very brutally honest. Um, so that definitely helped. But um, I've, I've always been a really big overachiever as well. And um, like through school and university, my number one goal was to do well and to succeed. So at every step of the way, I was that annoying kid saying, what can I do better? What did I do wrong here? Tell me, tell me. I would like knock on my teacher's doors and go in and be like, can you read this and tell me how it can be better? And I always really just wanted to know how I could be better. And I think approaching, approaching it on that wavelength when they came to me with feedback it was like ah this is exactly what I asked for and they they gave me that they gave me their time to go and give me feedback and that's such a blessing and it kind of got ingrained in me that way and it really has carried through to my business life my marriage my friendships I just want to know how to be better and if someone takes the time to think through that to make me a better person and to make our relationships or our business better, then I honor that. And I, I'm so grateful for it. And whenever some, like a, a new team member joins our team, one of the first things I say to them is, you cannot offend me and I am here and I love to receive feedback. So if anytime something comes up, please just give it to me. Don't think about get, putting it into a shit sandwich because it just wastes both of our time and I know you mean it well. So just say it. Um, mm. And I try and communicate that with people. And I think then they kind of do the same thing. And they're like, oh, actually, yeah, I would love feedback too. So you can come to me like this and I like to receive feedback in this way. And then you make a commitment. Okay, I get that. I'm going to try and give you feedback in that way. So good. Oh my goodness. I feel like this has so much... It's so funny because business has so much to do with relationships too. It's like just about every single day, I feel like with Chris and I, I would rather have a little tiny like match strike fire than something that I'm constantly like stuffing down and is, you know, just like completely out of control and I can't get a grip on later on because it's not like these things go away. They end up getting pushed in some closet somewhere and they're going to rear their ugly head later on. Like that's exactly how business is. It's so true. Communication is just absolutely everything. And the thing is though, I don't think people see it enough. So they don't understand what it actually looks like. So how do you create... I know that you just mentioned a bit about how to create that communication, but how... When it's something that's already challenging and you need to talk about it within a friendship, within a business, within your relationship, how do you approach those conversations and how do you prepare for them? 
Hmm. Especially, I'm going to add, especially if the person is like a professional arguer. Oh, yeah. So I try not to prepare too much because then it gives me anxiety. I feel like I hold it within myself and I'm like, I just need to get this out. So I will, if I've got to deliver something that I'm going to find really hard to say, and it might be a little bit hard to hear, Mm. I will go and do some breath work or a meditation or something that gets the anxiety out of my body and allows me to come into that uh, meeting with a lot of love, very heart open and in a very calm way, as opposed to coming in and be like, I need to tell you this. I'm coming <laughs> in and I'm like, I love you and I appreciate you. And I'm so glad that you're open to this conversation. I'm just going to say um, what it is that's been um, bothering me or what we're going to talk about. And then let's talk about it. I want to hear your thoughts. And then I just bite the bullet and dive right in. And I try and get that conversation off my chest as soon as is possible. Mm. Um, as long as I've had a chance to really sit with my thoughts and feel like what I'm saying is worthwhile saying, and it's not just something that's, you know, maybe it bothered me because it was reflected, uh, it reflected from someone else, something else inside of me. And actually I needed to go and do inner work on it. Like if it's something that's generally very constructive, then I will just go go and get that out of the way. But you've just got to rip the bandaid off and like dive in, I think head first. Mm. What was your biggest uh, learning lesson from this last year? Oh, what a good question. Um, I think my biggest learning lesson was I need to set bigger goals. Um, mm. And the way that I do that now and we do within the team is when we set a goal, we double it. Because mm. I think it's so easy to play small and it's so easy to set goals that make you feel good as opposed to making you feel scared. And as much as I'm talking about balance and wanting to be in my feminine and have boundaries, I also really, I I am ambitious and I carry about my goals. So it's something we've done. We've doubled them. And actually, I think we've hit about 70% of our goals mm. that we've doubled, which is so huge because if you didn't double it, then you're aiming for something so much lower and who knows if you'd actually get as far as you have now. So mm. even with any of my clients, anyone that comes to me with a goal, I'm like, what would it look like if you doubled it? Or if you had to do that in half the time, what would you do differently? And just getting that mindset going is just so powerful. Oh man, that's good. I'm taking notes on that one. What was your biggest challenge from this last year? Mm, my biggest challenge was um, learning how to be married <laughs> and learning <laughs> learning how to do that whilst running a big company. Mm. Um, that was really hard. Being like knowing how to segment my time and make sure that my husband feels really loved and gets what he needs, and at the same time, I get what I need and can also go and focus on my business. Marriage is a real big learning curve. Um, so I've been married <laughs> for. Just, like um, about a year and a half now. So the past year has been figuring all that out and like Mm. what that looks like and how to communicate with each other and how to figure out what he needs and what I need. That's, yeah, it's it's a lot. So how do you you implement that into your day? What does the daily look like so that you guys stay, you know, cohesive on in the same conversation? Yeah, we spend our mornings together and we normally just cuddle up on the sofa with coffee, reading our books, journaling, and just talking about anything that's coming up. 
we talk about what we've got going on that day and we both have access to each other's calendars. So if he sees I've got a really big meeting or a crazy day, he'll send me like a nice message throughout the day or he'll say, um, I'm going to bring you lunch. I know you're crazy or I'm going to walk the puppy and just little things and I'll do the same for him. Mm. Um, and then every night our non-negotiable is that we have dinner together. So I will always make sure I'm home for dinner and I love to make space to cook dinner if I can. Um, and it's something that really just lights me up and I know it's totally his love language. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really nice. We have dinner and we just try and try to not talk about business. Our phones are nowhere to be seen. And we just talk about how each other's feeling and dive into things like that. Um, and then we'll either go our separate ways that evening and do other things or we'll spend that time together. And then when we, when we get into bed, we'll do our gratitudes. Um, and we always dive deep into three things we're grateful for. And we normally honestly spend about an hour in bed, just talking and spending just uninterrupted time together we often reflect and in like you did this today and it made me feel this way and I really loved it and I would love more of this and praising the other person for things they did really well so that they can get to know you even better but that's those are our non-negotiables the dinner and um the bedtime gratitudes even when we're traveling we both travel a ton we'll still check in with each other even on different time zones and do our gratitudes when we're going to bed and it's just it's been the best thing that we've done Mm, I love that. Chris and I have that too. And I think that for couples who really want to make sure that you are moving forward together, I think you're, you do need a list of non-negotiables, things that really tie you together. I, I honestly don't know what I would do without ours. Like I have no idea. We would definitely, I told Chris the other day on a walk, I'm like, you know, I think if it wasn't for these walks, I think we'd be divorced. And he goes, what? And I was like, but for real, like really look at what this daily connection has done for us. Like if I wouldn't be able to check in and process every day and kind of know that I'm still, you know, important or he's important in this way or that this is working and this isn't, like how does that work? You know, mm. it's just like really needing to nurture that relationship at some point. So I love that you have those those times for yourself. So are there things um, in your life right now that are scaring you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the way my team is growing so quickly is mm. scary. Um, we are currently advertising for three more full-time positions. We just took on two in the past two weeks and it's terrifying, like completely terrifying. Why is and, that terrifying for people who don't understand like what that looks like to grow so fast? What are the fears around that? There's two big fears coming up around that. The first thing is just being financially responsible for so many people. Mm. And knowing that this is their thing and you are providing their thing, that's that's really scary. And you really do feel like you have this big responsibility and it it adds an even deeper layer to what you're doing. Like right now, I feel so responsible to my clients and my audience, but now it's a, an even deeper level. So uh, that's a big thing. And then the second thing I kind of touched on earlier, but it's letting go of control. You know, mm. like this company is my baby. It's something I've worked on for years and have always had a hand in pretty much everything. And now that's not so much the case. There's things going on in the business that I actually don't even know about, which just to say out loud is terrifying (laughs) as a control freak. Um, But it's something I really care about developing more and working on. And I know that this is the most perfect challenge. And it's also just the business is so much bigger than me. And it's so much bigger than Danielle. And now it needs more people on the team who can take it to the next level with their own unique genius. And that Mm -hmm. excites me and that levels it out. Mm. How do you stay organized? Like this is probably my biggest question as new things come in and new projects come up and 
you know, I, I think with different team members who you need to be putting different tasks on, just making it's more okay. This is definitely a um, <laughs> this is definitely a control freak question as well. How <laughs> do you know that your people are also staying organized, and how do you stay organized? Yeah. So, well, we use different um, apps within the business. So we use Monday.com, which is an amazing project management software and can generally show you what everyone is working on at different points and when their task's going to be due. And it will tell you if something's overdue. You can use Asana for that, but we've, we were using Asana um, when we first set the business up and we've moved more towards Monday because it gives you a better macro picture of projects. We have Slack which is absolutely amazing. And there's this bot on Slack called Stand Uply. And if you you have any remote workers, so we have an office in the UK and then we have one in LA. Um, So we're on different time zones and that can be really hard to manage people and make sure they're staying on top of their priorities. Mm -hmm. So there's this bot you can plug into Slack called Stand Uply and it'll message everyone on a morning and say, what is your top priorities this morning? And the, the... employee will reply to this bot and then it'll say, great, where do you need support? And then it'll say, you know, they can say if they need support or not. And then we have this leadership channel where all of the results get automatically sent to us and filtered. So we can just read through and see, okay, this is what everyone's working on. Then at the end of the day, the bot will pop up again to that person and say, Hey, you said you were going to do X, Y, Z today. What have you actually worked on and achieved? And that person will put in what they've done. And then again, it'll get sent to us and it'll, it'll ask them, you know, are you blocked by anything? Do you need anything? Um, it'll get back, it'll get sent back to us and we can look through that channel and see and then reach out to that person if we need to. Mm. But it's just a really good way of staying on top of things um, and not letting anything kind of run ahead and get away from you. And then just general, we have team meetings and everyone knows what they're responsible for. And those notes go into our Evernote, Slack, Monday, Asana, whatever it is, um, and kept there so we can check at any given point what's going on within the business. Mm, Awesome. Thank you for that. What do you think, what are some questions that you think most female entrepreneurs, or let's just say entrepreneurs in general, are not asking that they should be asking? Like, what are they missing? What's the reason why they're not getting to where they typically want? What should they be asking? Mm, I think they should be asking, why on earth am I doing any of this anyway? (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, uh, the reason you start your business is probably not the reason that you still continue to run it today. Mm -hmm. And just uh, constantly checking and be like, why am I doing any of this will help you decide how you're going to continue doing it in future. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get to a stage of burnout or worry or panic because they have not been checking in with themselves around that question. Mm. Um, And I think when it comes to working with people, it's really important that you understand what matters to them and why they're doing what they're doing. So constantly asking those questions and not being afraid to take a deep dive into, well, what does it mean to you to be working on this project with me? And why is that important to you? And using that to be able to then understand people better um, and have and kind of build up your relationships. And then I think people are so held back from fear. Mm-hmm. And I just see it a lot, whether it's fear of, of seeing money come in the bank and not being able to spend enough to then go and grow it because they're harboring. What if I lose it? Just fear of doing things differently, fearing, fear of people laughing at them on social or fear of them looking like they're imposters and being found out. Just so much fear. Mm. Let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, for a lot of people, the fear is really real. And I experienced intense fear for so long that it held me back from everything. 
And it wasn't until I really like now I have this amazing relationship with fear for the most part. That's like, I fully accept whatever comes on the other side. So I actually let it play out in my head. And I'm like, okay, if that's the worst thing that's possibly going to happen, could I accept this? And could I still love myself afterward? And will I be able to survive? And will I pull myself through? And do I have loving people to help me with it? So what are some tactics that you've come up with? Because you know what? you the bigger The thing that people don't really think about is the bigger that you are, the more that's on the line. So your fears out of anyone, which is funny, uh, you know, out of people who have really large followings and have large businesses, technically they could literally drown in fear because the fears are just amplified by numbers of people and things like that. But it's like, I find the people who have to deal with it more actually have such a more like beautiful way of dealing with fear that it's the only way that you could be able to manage those numbers. And I also believe it's the reason why they came is because you're prepared for them no matter what happens. So Mm -hmm. how do you at night, if something comes up, because this is where it really bothers people is at night before their head hits the pillow, when they're just about to do that post, when they're just about to release something new, when they're just about to change something in their business, how do you deal with those voices in the back of your head? My business partner, Danielle, actually said something. We were recording our own podcast this morning and she said something really interesting. She said, fear doesn't like to be named. And I love that. She said with her, she's really felt held back by fear. And the best thing that she does is name fear. Okay, this what I'm feeling. It's showing up as this. It means this. And that's really changed her relationship with fear, which I absolutely love. For me, it's learning how to surrender. And I think I will still be on my deathbed learning how to surrender because I don't know how anyone masters that because it's so hard. But it's being able to surrender and not being so attached to the outcomes or to what you have. I fully accept that things can go wrong and you know, might turn upside down and that can happen from one day to the next. And I mm-hmm. have to be okay with that. So I try to like disattach myself from what that outcome might be. Um, And the second thing is just surrendering to, you know, so what if someone sees that and makes fun of you? So what if that person falls out with you? Or so what if that happens? Just being okay with it. I read a really good book called Letting Go. um, And it talked through a lot of stuff around surrender and how when you are standing in courage, you're on such a high frequency and it that's when you start to attract a lot of things to you. So I try and stand in courage as much as I can by affirming what it is I want to achieve. And if I'm having those days where fear is creeping in and I'm like, oh, can I really do this? Am I the right person to do it? I'll journal down all of the amazing things that I've accomplished and to remind myself mm-hmm. and kind of give myself that pep talk of look what you've done. You've always been okay. Things have happened that you've overcome and you've survived and that's going to happen again. And just exactly what you were saying, will I still love myself? Will I still have my relationships? Well, I have the things that matter to me if this doesn't work out. And the answer is pretty much yes. Otherwise, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And it's what a beautiful thing that to really think like the act of courage, which is always just a choice, is such a high frequency. So just to know that when you make that choice, you're actually attracting great things to you. That's like a really beautiful thought. Thank you for that. Mm. Uh, and I, you know, I always go back to the core belief that I have around, um, and I, I had to do some serious work around this this year, which I did not realize. Like I had this deep fear around one of my income streams that's always been there 
a deep fear or not always been there, but that I took eight. Let me just, <laughs> let me just this. go back for a minute. That took eight years to really build up, but is a, is a reoccurring monthly thing for me. That's like very solid for me. And I, I wasn't wanting to confront that I had some really deep fears around who would I be and what would happen if we lost this. And I had to do some really crazy work around that. And I can't even tell you, I didn't realize that I was blocking other things in my life and that I was feeling so fearful around, you know, letting go of certain things that I wasn't wanting to do anymore. Not not that particular thing, but just other things around how we can start to self-identify with things. And that when that identity identity can get too attached to our business or the things that we're growing, that's when we can find that we're kind of at the standstill. So I'm wondering if you have association with that at all with your business. Like I know that you just said, you know, kind of being so okay if everything goes away, but there's this dance, this point of like saying, will I really be okay? And then doing some work around it. Yeah, because I had the experience of losing it has and and coming out the other end stronger has kind of start to push that fear away from me. When I was running my companies a couple of years ago, actually not even a couple of years ago, I was in the US. And for anyone that is not American, you will know, you know, moving to the US and immigrating to a different country is really, really difficult. And it's not just the paperwork or anything. It's a really long process. I was on a visa and something happened where um, it got taken away. And I was in process of kind of being able to stay, but I wasn't able to work or earn money or do anything. So I had to dissolve a lot of the parts of my business and just sit with mm. that for six months until it was okay for me to like start officially immigrating over here. And that was uh, the first month of that was the most difficult thing to have everything you've been working so hard on pulled away from you just because you want to live in a different country wow. was so incredibly hard. And, you know, some incredible things have come from that. But it happened one Wednesday afternoon. It just happened. And I wasn't expecting it. And I feel like I lost so much in that one afternoon. Mm. But I survived. I came mm. out the other end of it so much stronger. And what I've been able to create from having that six months of space has been absolutely incredible. Mm. Uh, so that really helps me get through that fear that comes up of what if, what if. And then mm. I'm like, you know what? What if I get that space to do it all again? I'll be fine. Mm. So true. I, I, um, My husband and I had actually, he lost his job back in 2007, I believe that was. And we ended up losing our house and our cars and having to like downsize into this tiny uh, little apartment and just starting from scratch after being together for a few years and doing really, really well. And I think that that's what I go back to as well as saying it's a core, it's a core belief though, that kind of developed from that. And also from other stories that I've heard from people, like it doesn't take long to read a few biographies to realize that the best parts of people's lives have come from the lowest point. So it's, that's my core belief is that if for some reason knock on wood, but something happens, it's for something better. It's because that probably need to be cleared from your life and torn from you or you would never let it go. And that's just a core belief for me. So, and that's the thing that's going to keep me in survival mode. So in surviving and thriving later on. So yeah, I think that's really beautiful for people to hear because what can happen is sometimes people fear success, which is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> which can be huge. Um, that can be a huge block that you don't even let yourself get started because you're like, well, what will happen if I lose that? You know, you let your identity attach into that so much. So I want to know what is the most 
exciting thing coming up for you this year in business and personally? Oh, great question. Um, So the most exciting thing coming up for me right now in business is um, our high-level mastermind. We've Mm. never had one before. We launched it a couple of months ago. And I am working with women who um, already have big audiences or are building audiences and are having such a massive impact. And this fuels me on like a soul level because Mm. this idea of being a multiplier, we have our audience and we're making an impact every single day on so many women. But to be able to then take what we've done to other women's businesses and help them impact more people, it just... It just lights me up and it's something that I wake up in the morning feeling so excited about. We've we've put that into our core values at Boss Babe to be multipliers because it's just not enough for us just to kind of work within our own community. We want to be able to spread that and do as much as we can and mm-hmm. allow other people to go and impact. So that's a really, really exciting thing for me personally. You know, it's the holidays and I am going to take more time off this December than I've taken off in a really long time. And I'm so excited about it. I have so many things lined up. It's going to be my 27th birthday on Christmas Eve. I'm going to be going to Whistler skiing. I have lots of, I have every single week at least two things planned with my girlfriends and I'm just making so much room for that. And it's just lighting me up and making me feel amazing. Oh my God. I love that. I'm, are you, so are you, are you Sagittarius? Are you a... I'm a Capricorn. Okay, yep, you're right on the cusp, right? Yeah, I was okay. supposed to be born a Sagittarius, <laughs> but then I, I came out late as a Capricorn. Well, I feel you're Sagittarian ways. I'm Sagittarius. <laughs> My birthday's coming right up. So yeah, oh. so exciting. Um, December is like, I feel the same way about December, just some space and some fun. And I have not done this in so long. So I, it's just, this has been such a fun conversation because I feel like we're a lot in the same space right now. So Natalie, I am so grateful that you have come into my life and that our paths have crossed. And I just want everybody to be able to find you and follow you and learn from you because you do so many amazing things. So where can we um, make sure that we are getting all of your awesome info? Ah, thank you so much. Ever since meeting you, you know, I just, I just adore you. Mm. Um, you can find me on my personal Instagram at I am Natalie or at my boss babe Instagram, which is at bossbabe.inc. Um, and then we also have an amazing blog called boss babe. It's on bossbabe.com. And then, um, we are going to be launching in January our podcast, which I am so excited to have you on as well. Um, but that's another really big thing that I'm working on that I'm so excited to get out there. Oh my gosh. Okay. We have to talk about that. That'll be so amazing. And I always end on one last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So if you are, you're in an elevator, it's only like a 30 second ride. It's with a total stranger and they look over at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Mm. I would say sit with yourself daily, turn inward, no distractions whatsoever, whatever that is for you. It doesn't have to be meditation. Turn inward and and deeply understand what is your soul's blueprint and what it needs to feel nourished. Mm, That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you love this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. 
But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high performing people. It leads to longer term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, all I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network, and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton, and it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it.